Hello. Sorry Hello. we were late, ladies and gentlemen. Technical uh, difficulties. Yeah, we were taking our antidepressant me- uh, oh medication <laughs> after what we did to Constantine Anthony. Anyways, uh, happy Monday, everybody. Happy Monday. Thanks God it's Monday. T- thanks to God it's Monday. Somewhere Tuesday, but it's okay. <laughs> yes, 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 it yes. is. Yes. Uh, half, more than half the world is Tuesday. Yeah, is. Don't look at me like I'm, uh, you know. <laughs> Retarded or something. You're a retard. Are you retard? It is good yes. that you let retard sit in the. I really love the music, by the way. I felt like I was <clears> sitting <throat> in a movie. There's a story. Yeah. Yeah, I, got, I got to deal with copyright every Tuesday. <laughs> YouTube, listen. We own the music. <laughs> oh my yes. God. We own the music. I'm tired of it. copy pasting the damn thing I every week. Social media, my goodness. That's my personal uh, work, and they keep taking geez. it away. All right. So, uh, happy Monday, everybody. TGIM. Uh, we have the Samvelian family here with us again for number five. Fifth, no. four. 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 Oh, it's four. I think I this is the fourth three, one. That's more appearances four. than I have. <laughs> one more than I have. Definitely more appearances fifth, than our fourth four. nut. Man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But anyways... That's being- <laughs> <laughs> it's the blue one. It's the blue one. That's Sorry. my uh, Don't touch it. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, you guys have you guys have seen uh, Alina on our show before in the past. For those of you who are new to the Wise Nuts and uh, follow and watching this uh, episode for the first time, uh, Alina and the Sanvelian family are close friends of ours. They run a five hundred one c organization, uh, a nonprofit uh, that is basically deals with a lot of humanitarian issues in Armenia, um, specifically Gyumri. Gyumri, Lanazor, yeah, Slutak, yeah, those which regions. Is, which is basically where I'm from. But uh, FLY is an organization, and Alina will talk more about it as well, because you know she's kind of uh, the heart and soul, along with Caroline and uh, Vazgen, uh, of the organization. They do have a gala coming up. It's their 11th <laughs> annual gala. It will be at Palladio uh, Banquet Hall. 1018 East Colorado Street. It's on November 12th of 2023. This year starts at 5 p.m. on Sunday. If you guys are interested in sponsoring, we'll talk about that. If you guys are interested in tickets, we're going to talk about that. Uh, But before we get into all of that information, Alina will kind of give us a briefing about Fly, what they've been doing. Because every single time you guys have showed up, it's been a different story, different story, different story. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the last time you guys were on, we were talking about the Fly Center. Yes. And now we kind of want an update on the Fly Center as of far course. as what's going on there. And then we'll get into all this stuff, all the information you brought Definitely, for us. definitely. First of all, guys, thank you so much for another wonderful opportunity to be here and talk about what I'm most passionate about, Fly. Uh, I think the last time that I was on, it's almost been a year. I think it was before our last gala, our 10th gala, sometime in October. It's crazy how quickly time passes by, but I have... Wonderful updates for for all of you. Um, for those of you that are new to fly and don't know much about it, I'm just going to do like a quick run through so you guys have a basic idea about the charity and what it does. Um, so fly, which basically stands for freedom loving youth, uh, was started by my mom and I about 11 years ago. Uh, with a mission to help uh, kids, specifically children that live in severe measures of poverty, started in Syria. And then we stepped into Armenia when the four-day Artsakh war happened in 2016. And then we stepped into Lebanon when the blast happened. So we've pretty much operated in those three countries the past 11 years. But a majority of our concentration for majority of the time that flies operated is on Armenia because, unfortunately, the uh, need for assistance there is dire. Um, When we first stepped in, um, we 
visited Arno's hometown, Gyumri. And uh, even though it was it was a while ago, it was about seven years ago and the earthquake has been done for over 30 years. Uh, it's as if it had just happened, you know, whenever we entered the city and seeing all those dilapidated buildings, all the metal containers, we were just blown away by the amount of poverty that still existed to this day. So we decided to jump right on and uh, felt that the the urgency of help was was very present there. So we decided to focus a majority of, honor, of our work in the cities that were affected by the earthquake, Yumri or Swedog. Pretty much we concentrated on providing humanitarian aid to families, specifically single mothers and their children uh, where dads are absent. Uh, that live in these metal containers that lack every basic necessity you can imagine. So no water, no gas, no heat, no electricity, no bathroom, no shower, just rotten tin metal, basically with nothing. And we have concentrated, pretty much our main focus is on these families that live in these metal containers in severe poverty. How we work is we provide their basic necessities, all kinds of humanitarian aid. So food, clothing, shoes, hygiene products, household items, school supplies, A to Z, whatever we need as human beings to, to survive and feel uh, feel like humans. That's what we focused on. And then we focus on long-term solutions like job training, uh, like uh, helping the mothers find jobs so they can build bright futures and be able to uh, be independent and sustain their families on their own. We've, we've done this, you know, the past ever since 2016, and all leading up to the Fly Center, which is what we decided to uh, pursue three years ago. And um, we wanted to gather all this work under one roof in one place. So rather than us going to the families, we gather them under our wings and we can continue the work that we've done, but on a larger scale. And that's when we decided to begin this wonderful project. Um, Started in 2020, found the land, and, uh, you know, by the time the plans and all of the licensing and all of that was approved, we just started construction this March. So last time that I was here, the land had been purchased, but no building had started yet. So um, after the last gala that we told everyone that, you know, we're, the land has been purchased and the plans are ready and we're ready to build, we've gone a very, very long way. We started in March and now we're October and practically the entire outside is done and finished, you know. So now they're going to start working from the inside after winter is, is done. And the main purpose of this fly center is going to be to provide, it's an after-school program for these kids to come bathe, eat a warm meal, participate in extracurriculars and, and spend a great time with their friends and then get the extra tutoring that they need to make sure that they graduate through school and we make sure that they don't drop out because most of these kids, unfortunately, they drop out because when you don't have food on your table, you're not really going to be able to focus on your education, right? So, and then, and at the same time, they want to go work to do anything and everything they can to support their moms, whether it's wash a car, work in a market. So they end up dropping out. And then what happens is the poverty cycle continues, right? So that's the main purpose of our work, specifically this fly center, to put an end to that cycle of poverty, to make sure that the kids graduate through school, find good jobs, and their moms as well to receive the therapy and the seminars and the job training they need to work and build brighter futures for themselves. I, I think once everybody sees the uh, amount of progress construction-wise you guys have made in a matter of six months, mm -hmm. <clears throat> all these guys building ADUs 
here are going to hire the same company you've used <laughs> in, in Gyumri because I don't know how they're building it so quickly, honestly. We're telling him, slow down, please. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Why the hell are you telling him to slow down? Should well, we actually speed I know, up? Speed yes, up. But Winter I mean, is coming. Yes, <laughs> but you know, it, it's obviously costly. So we, we you know, are trying to generate as much donations ah. as we can to, to get it going. But thank God, till now, we've done great. And God will always send you, you know, whatever it is that you need at that moment. It, so I'm it, not worried. The mission that you guys have is kind of like that saying where it says, uh, give a man a fish, you feed him for a day, but teach a man to fish and you feed him for the rest of his life 100%. which is kind of the mission that you guys have is it's not about you know what oh you don't have food oh here's some food oh you mm -hmm. don't have money oh here's some money mm -hmm. you're heading you're, you're helping these people get back on their feet mm -hmm. uh no matter at what cost basically mm -hmm. and you know we've spoken about this in the past but i want to ask you guys okay. just so our new viewers and people who are going to be watching this tomorrow and next week for or sure. the month after let's say for example somebody does come in and they aren't looking for work. They are, how do you guys vent all that out? Right. So our team over there, we have like an incredible, incredible team of volunteers in Gyumri. And they're along with us, of course, uh, and along with the bishop that is part of our team. We do the all the vetting process. So we're very strict on the families that we pick. And I know we've spoken about this before. And the reason for that is, Obviously, um, needless to say, even now, especially in Armenia, I mean, the, the need for help is, is, is great, of course. I mean, there's a lot of families that live in poverty. And unfortunately, now after everything that happened, it's only going to get worse, which is why the center is needed quicker than ever, um, which we'll get into. But um, of course, poverty rate is high and there's many families to help. But exactly as you said, it's very important to us, if not the most important thing that the families that we choose are families that are ready to help themselves, families that are ready to find their inner strength to stand up. Because let's face it, if someone is not ready to help themselves, you can give them a world of things, but they're not going to get anywhere. You're only doing a disservice to them. So the way that we vet the families is we interview them one by one and we pick the worst of the worst and we pick the families specifically that are ready to make those changes happen and we monitor them. So our team is constantly monitoring these families to make sure that even if they're taking a step forward, at least they're not in the same place or moving backwards. And that's the way that we vet them other than making sure that we pick the worst of the worst and making sure they're ready for that step is we, after we provide the aid that gets them taken care of for six months, we come back and we see how they're doing. So if they haven't done anything to, to move forward, then we're out basically because we're not there to feed you and clothe you and help you with all these things. If you're not ready to take a step forward, which thankfully I can proudly say all these years, like little to none that that's happened. Yeah. I was about to ask, I was going to be like, I mean, how do you have that conversation with somebody? I would say, I mean, it's a lot of questions, especially off camera. I mean, whatever you guys see on the videos, which is, of course, needless to say, very difficult to film because I don't think there's anything harder than filming your people um, cry and witnessing their suffering. But we always say that, you know, we wish we could turn off this camera and not have to film you. But that's one of the best ways to have our donors feel with your pain and witness the way that you're living and, and do their part to help. But when the camera goes off, that's where a lot of conversations also start in terms of, you know, really dig digging deep into their psyche and finding out, you know, how they got to where they got to, why they did. And it's like, you automatically will see if you'll get the sense of someone is lazy or they're not, or they're ready to stand up. You, you'll see it in their eyes, you know? And, and the good thing is our team, we're a lot of brains. We're like a team of 10. So it's like, I might see something that, that other person won't see or vice versa. So typically there are families that we know right on the spot. It's a yes or no. And other families that we need more time to discuss, but we always end up, you know, choosing right. Thankfully, thankfully. And I, 
other than us, other than human power, it's always the big guy that guides you at the end of the day. So I'm, I'm proud to say that we've, we've, always investigated and vetted carefully to always make sure that we pick the families that are ready to use every penny that we provide to make changes happen. Because at the end of the day, you don't want that to go in the hands of the person that um, that is not going to make any great changes happen. So, And something important that we've spoken about for everyone to know, we never pass out money. The reason is that's super easy. I mean, just take everything that you collect and pass it out. I mean, your work is literally cut less than half. But um, the reason that we don't is we want to make sure that every penny goes to directly purchasing and providing the necessities that these families need. Because since our main concentration is the child and is the single mom, um, we found that the uh, the aid is best when you're actually providing materials rather than just giving money and you don't really know what they're going to use it for. Absolutely. Yeah. Plus, keep in mind when you teach them a skill, right? Let's say they're currently living in Gyumri, Uvanas, or Spitak, wherever they're living. That skill can be taken anywhere. Mm-hmm. If they relocate to a different city, different town, they can apply it now. They have a resume of work experience, whereas prior to them becoming a member of FLY, well, what experience do you have? Nothing. I, I've mm-hmm. done laundry at home. I've mm-hmm. cooked a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Whereas now if they, they've developed a skill, whether that's, say, uh, sewing or um, accounting or whatever other um, professions that you guys are going to provide training for, now they can take that and they have a lifelong skill that they can apply no matter where they live. And that's important because mm-hmm. you're adding so much value to their life. It's mm-hmm. not, like you said, if you just hand out money, they'll they'll use that money. The moment you stop giving it to them, they'll be completely you know, unthankful for everything you've done and probably even say, you know, these people didn't do enough for me mm-hmm. versus with this, go on, live your life. No matter where you're at, you can apply it. Mm-hmm. That that's that I think is very important. hundred percent. But also I, I have to say that before you take that step, you know, how is someone going to be able to take that step and get educated and work if they're not fed, if they're not clothed, right? So that's the reason why we have focused on those basic necessities firsthand to make sure that these women and these children, they have whatever it is they need to feel human, to feel, you know, that, you know, they feel sustained at a a place that they actually can function and learn and work. We take care of that. And then, okay, next step is we focus on those long-term solutions of work, of, of job training, of, of, connecting them with jobs in the city and getting them employed. And one important thing to mention is when fly began, it was solely focused on kids, not on, not on moms, but throughout working in Armenia, we realized, you know, all these moms that are so young, they got married young, no education, got abandoned by the dads that all unfortunately fled to other countries in efforts to find work and never came back and, and completely neglected the family, which was a heartbreaking reality when I learned about it years back. And, um, you know, they, they step into a life of poverty and suffering all on their own, depressed, suicidal, lost, and in a dark hole and just need that help, helping hand to get them out, you know? And, uh, it's so important to, other than the material that you give, you know, one crucial part of fly is the, the spiritual well-being that we focus on as well, because I mean, I'm sure all of us can relate that unless spiritually you feel mentally, you feel capable and ready and confident, you, you, you can't really do much, you know? So a lot of, a lot of the hearts of these women and these children are so broken, are so broken, you know, and they feel so lost, so neglected, shunned of society because, you know, they haven't bathed in weeks and they live in a container and people, most people, unfortunately get embarrassed to associate with them when they have that 
loving and caring ear to just listen and and know that they aren't alone and there's people here from all over the world that care for them and want to help them that on its own the amount of miracles that that has caused is just mind-boggling so you really see how hope and love you know the changes that it can make in someone's life you can compare the money that imagine this picture this if you guys were to go out there and just hand out money Look what happened in 2020 with all this COVID relief money. Look at how much lazier people got. Mm -hmm. People stopped going to work. They started taking advantage of the government. Everything they wanted, hand me down. Hand me, oh, give me this, give me that, give me this, give me that. It just creates a dumber society. Mm -hmm. Whereas what you guys are doing is the complete opposite. It's like you want this, you got to earn it. Of course. So that's the way society should be. And I'm, I'm glad you guys are actually doing that. Because like you just said, you know, and Armand mentioned it as well. Cutting a check to somebody is is fairly easy. What they're going to do with it, you don't know. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you guys are vetting all that out from the people to the finances, everything, that's very, very, very crucial. Yes. And in addition to what I was saying, um, when I mentioned that moms weren't in the picture in the beginning, the reason that we decided that we have to work on the moms too, these kids are so young and the mom is the main example they have in their life. So if we don't work on the mom what example is she setting for our right, kids, yeah. right? So that's the reason why years back we decided to focus strictly on the moms as well. That's when women and children began uh, being part of our mission because if you if you don't help the mom fix her back and stand up straight, then there's no way the child will be able to follow in her footsteps. Absolutely. Uh, we do have a short video. Well, defining short, <laughs> it's, it's, we're, gonna, we're not going to play all of it. If you guys are interested in viewing the entire thing, you can come on November 12th at the gala and you'll view the entire video. We're going to play a short clip uh, of what Fly is doing in Armenia right now. Um, Armin's going to play. Just remember to unmute it from YouTube before you play it. Um, if you guys, if the audio does get cut off by YouTube, our apologies. But uh, it, it shouldn't while we're live right now. So very quickly, we're going to play a short clip of Fly. Հաճախ է լածում, որ հետև մեզ չի կարվանում լավ բայլ։ 
Yeah, and I think that's me that's, every single time. You, me too. I swear, like I can watch this video a thousand times. It gets me choked up every single time. I think it's it's the images, along with the music you guys choose. It's it's like it's the kids, just it's the kids. Yeah. Especially when you have young when you kids, have your own, it's, yeah. it's it's so unbearable to think. I mean, these kids don't choose to be born into that life, um, and yet. When you meet them, because I, you know, I had the privilege of meeting some of these kids last year when I went to Gyumri. They're so beyond their years. It's like, you just, when you meet them, you think, man, if this kid just had a little bit of opportunity, what he or she can accomplish in what, life. What do tough times create? Tough, tough men, tough, tough men. women. Mm -hmm. There you go. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Tough humans, maybe? Tough oh. humans. There you go. But this this kind of always goes back to when we had you guys on the first time. Mm -hmm. um, Armun mentioned, you know, when he's giving his kids a bath, he'll turn the water on, the water will be running. And, you know, Nico wasn't around that time. It was just Noah. Yeah. And he's like, Noah, play in the bathtub. And for some reason, that stuck in my head. Mm. And every time I, because bath time with the kids, it's always my yeah. time with them. And even yesterday, I was giving Alec a bath. I turned the water on, 
the water's running and running. I mean, you pay playing. the bills with a thousand bucks a month for it. <laughs> and they're raising another running. 14 yeah. percent <laughs> next year. Next year. Uh, but you know, the water's running and he's splashing and he's playing. And there's always that, you know, that vision in my head and, you know, Armun's voice always mentioning that, you know, I'm able to turn the water on and let my mm-hmm. kids run and, mm-hmm. you know, play in the bathtub as much as they want. Mm-hmm. But it's unfortunate that these kids don't even have running water. Mm-hmm. It, it's not just the running water. It's they're ba- basically the once a week or however often that they have the opportunity to to be washed, not even a bath is basic. You're just taking a pan of heating up the water as much as you can Mm -hmm. and giving them a sponge bath and pouring a little water on their body. They they have no idea what it's like to sit in a bathtub. They don't stand under the water. Yeah. yeah. There's they, they, they they don't know the concept. If you take them to a hotel, I promise I, I challenge any one of you guys when you're in Gyumri, take one of these kids there's a beautiful hotel there right near where Kirkakorian statue is. Um, take one of these kids for a couple of hours, take them to that hotel and well, with the mom, say, you know, we want to give this child a bath and ask them, have you ever stood under a shower? Do you, have you ever seen a shower? Yeah. And they'll tell you, like, they'll probably look at it like, what is that? And if you open it, they'll be shocked as to what's coming out of that piece of metal you know we've had that experience actually with right? some of the families that we've moved out because several of these families we've actually moved out of their containers into homes a couple of which thanks to this this sweet guy over here that reached out and wanted to purchase homes for them and uh, um, we've taken them to hotel rooms the moms and the kids and we've we've bathed them and um, I remember I'll never forget seeing one of these kids I forgot how old they were I think uh, seven or eight years old maybe and exactly what you said, Armon, they looked up to the shower head as if like, you know, they're looking at like this Ferrari or something that yeah. they've never seen in their life and like standing under that water and you're seeing everything that's coming off of them and the relief that's coming upon them when they, like that on its own. I think I've mentioned before, we've spoken about the concept of hygiene, them not having access to that is enough on its own to cause the depression it is they have. Yeah. And I mean, just not to feel human, not to have that ability even to clean yourself. And can you imagine in the winter in those containers, like not having, not, not having a bathroom, having it be a hole in the ground outside, having to go out in that freezing cold to be able to use that hole. Regardless of the season, whether it's winter, yeah. summer, doesn't matter. In the summertime, it's freaking, it's like a, it's like a oven inside. In the yeah. wintertime, it's yeah. a freezer inside. It, it doesn't matter. Look, when in, when the earthquake took place, you know, in Armenia, in Spitak specifically, in Gyumri, you know, we had family there. And these metal containers, or quote-unquote domics, as they call them, uh, were supposed to be temporary housing. Mm-hmm. Temporary housing for what, 30 years? 10 years. No, no, no. It's 30 years well, now. I know, yeah. but they were meant to be there for years. 10 years. Yeah. So what is, I mean, it's it's sad to see that we're living in 2023 and there's people still living in these metal containers. I mean, I don't know. Again, I don't know what the psyche is behind the, you know, a lot of these people. Are they just okay it's, with it, living no, in a, this it's lifestyle? A, it's a vicious cycle. I'll, I'll give you an example. Just like we have different communities in the United States, right? Some who continue to live in poverty. Some will blame it on racism. Some will blame systemic racism. Some will blame it on politics. The same thing applies over there. Well, that's what I'm saying. 
And what ends up happening is even some of the families that were given, let's say, a unit after 10, 15 years as promised, what happens is now their kids have grown to an age where they're, they marry off so they don't have a place to live. Either they will go live in that apartment, for, for example, or what will happen is they will all continue to live in the container and sell the apartment mm-hmm. for some money. So, so the vicious cycle just continues. It's difficult for them to get out of that because, again, they have no job opportunity. They don't have a skill in place. Not educated. Not educated. So mm-hmm. it's, it's almost it's, it's an upstream battle. You know, and, and, you know, going back to the kids, one of the most fascinating things about being a parent, at least for me, and I think you guys would concur, is seeing life through your kids' eyes. Because when they're younger, you know, two, three, four, five years old, everything you have to imagine, something new to them, it's the first time they're seeing it. Just because you're 35, 40 years old and you've seen whatever it may be, a simple thing as a cake or a simple thing as a cotton candy, anything. When your kid, whatever age is the first time that it was ever handed to them, think about it. It's the first time they ever saw or tasted a cotton candy. Oh, yeah. The right? word of the month at our house is wow because of Alec. You see? Anything we get them, wow. <laughs> because Look, wow. Because I think it's so difficult for people to fathom how can... A an 11-year-old child look at a shower head and be like, what is that? Mm-hmm. Because that 11-year-old child, unfortunately, has never seen a shower head. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. That child could be 20 and be an adult. Mm-hmm. And if they've never seen a shower head, when they see it the first time, they're going to be, wow, what is that? Yeah. It, your age doesn't matter. You're, you're, you're still prone to whatever you've been exposed to. And unfortunately all these kids or these even young adults have ever been exposed to is the container and maybe a field, potato field Mm -hmm. or whatever other field that they've gone to work at or Mm -hmm. a small little grocery store in the, in the vicinity. That's it. They don't know anything else. Exactly. And you know, what's so crazy about that to add to that, Armand, is you see how every person's sense of reality is literally shaped by their circumstances. It's like you meet these families and they're used to the fact that if they wake up and if there's food, they eat. And if there isn't, they, they don't. Like they're, they're, they're used to that. The concept of not eating and being hungry and going to sleep with an empty stomach is something that they're so used to versus us like, mashallah, like, like you know, like food Le-ple-tum. like is overflowing, Le-ple-tum. you know. And so when you see when you see that life, when you see like you guys saw some empty fridges in this yeah. video, when you see that. It, I, I don't even know how to describe the feeling, but you all that you say is like, what an unjust, unfair world. You know, like, why are these kids not going to have food to eat? Or why are these kids going to be so malnourished? You guys, like 11, 12, 13 year olds, like they have the body of like a five, six year old because yeah. they're so malnourished and they haven't grown because you can't live on bread and plain potatoes and dry pasta. I mean, there's no nutrients in that. It's just enough to fill your stomach, but it doesn't that's, really give yeah. you much, you know? So that's why, I mean, I'm so glad that the viewers were able to get a little glimpse. So you guys get an idea of what level of poverty we're talking mm-hmm. about. When we say rock bottom, we mean rock bottom because yeah, you can go visit a family that's living in poverty, that's renting an apartment, that's pretty decent. Okay, they're not wealthy. They, they might not be able to afford meat every day, but they're living. They're not hungry. But the category of families we work with is literally rock bottom. The the level of where, you know, they don't have food to eat or if they do, it's just 
bits and pieces. They haven't seen meat for months. There's no shower, et cetera, all these things. And because we want to be the ones to pick those families up first before we head off to the other families that are doing in a better place. And, you know, I hope and pray that I, I'm able to visit my homeland one day and not see a single container. I really do. And I, I remember that whenever I, I saw what it was, like I, I lost it. I went crazy. I'm like, why are these containers here? Why? Like, why, why do thousands of these exist in our homelands? You know, and I hope and pray and I dream of the day that we don't have a single one left. But unfortunately, considering what we, our homeland's going through, I think it's going to get worse for now, you know, until it gets better. And and that, you know, the timing of the center, I don't think could be any better because we all know, I mean, you have to be living under a rock if you're not aware of what's going on in Artsakh. And we have 120,000 people that have been displaced and pretty much genocide and they've been cleansed from, from their, their own homeland, homeland that mm -hmm. they've lived in for over 3,000 years, right? Now, a lot, Gyumri is relatively close to Artsakh. Mm -hmm. A lot of refugees are there, yeah. So a lot of yeah. them are going to go to Gyumri, Vanazor, and those those areas because, one, it's less expensive to rent and to live mm -hmm. versus going to Yerevan. And we all know Yerevan is not always the most accepting of mm -hmm. um, everyone. So uh, we're not going to get into politics, but that's just... Plus, it's I can barely afford to live in Yerevan. Mm -hmm. So I don't think these people... These families displaced from Artsakh are going to be able to live in Yerevan. And now with the center... Some of them will. Well, good for them if they can. Because mm -hmm. the, some of them already have houses in Yerevan, nicer than the ones we have here. Well, ironically. <laughs> I mean, again, it's, it's, it's not out of the question. I'm sure they do. But my point is that the timing as far as the amount of families that are going to have the need for, for job placement mm -hmm. and learning mm -hmm. a skill and, you know, or even just the spiritual support, the social work aspect of it, right? The mm -hmm. social support and, uh, you know, therapy and different services that you guys are going to be able to offer through FLY is going to be essential for all of these people, all these family members. Yeah, and that's why I've always believed that, you know, divine intervention and God's timing is the best timing. I mean, in terms of, like, imagine, like, had this happened at a time where, we weren't even up to a center or we didn't even know where it was going to be or it wasn't even built. But like for all this to happen and God willing, by next summer already by August is when we're anticipating that it's already going to be up and running, which is amazing. But of course, till then, we're still going to be operating and working and doing our projects. But, you know, exactly what you said, Armand, I was talking about this with my mom the other day. I was like, mom, like, like before whatever happened in Artsakh happened, we've already have like boatloads of families we need to help. Imagine now, you That's know. That's what I was about to ask you. Have you guys spoken to families there? Because obviously there's a lot of flow going out from Artsakh into Armenia, mm -hmm. whether it is uh, Gyumri, Spitak, mm -hmm. Yerevan, doesn't matter. Have you guys done numbers as far as the amount of people that have moved into the area? at all so me personally i don't know but our team over there uh, we just got notified that there's like an influx of families that are coming into that region just for the reasons that armon said i'm sure i don't have a number i mean i think i i'm sure I, we can find out if anything but it's it's a pretty big number of, of families that are moving in there thousands, yeah sure. thousands well, definitely as far as the people you are working with levy had a question as far as how yes. many 
people i mean women children do you guys have any families where the man is involved in the family or it's mainly 98 percent they're not yeah no 98 percent they're all single moms if there is a dad they're typically disabled that's yeah that's yeah, what I yeah. the so reason why we cases like that. yeah very few but either the the man will be disabled or i mean pretty much it i don't think we have any families actually that the dad is willing and able to work yeah and overall how many people has fly affected till today around twenty thousand. Twenty thousand. Mm-hmm. it's a lot of people yeah there thankfully you go, thankfully all with all with the big guy upstairs but um you know that's that's one of the 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 blessings of this center that's going to give i mean all the projects that we were going to do with the families that we've helped in the past now we're going to have so many new families and so many new kids that we're going to get on board because you know unfortunately it it, it breaks my heart to say this but the poverty rate's only going to get higher. It's only going to get worse, you know. And uh, the reason that we decided to focus the center on education, because we all know one of the greatest ways to tackle the cycle of poverty is through education, right? Because if you're educated, you have a degree, you have better chances at finding a better job, you know, and, and that's the reason why that's the main focus of the center. In addition to the mental well-being, spiritual well-being, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, one of the greatest things that you did, Armand, to sponsor the therapy room. And I, I can't thank you enough for that because that's one of the most important rooms in the center, because without that, without that mm-hmm. ability to let go of, of the trauma you face. And I can't imagine like the, the, the traumas that these families that are going to tell us about everything that they saw, everything that they went through. I mean, just the concept of leaving your house and your life and everything behind is enough trauma on its own. Um, but you have to get all that out. You have to have a clean slate. You have to put all that behind to start new. There's no other way. Mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, that that program specifically is going to be very much emphasized. I know that's something that might not be as accepted in Armenia or something that the men or people in our culture, you know, aren't so open to. But with these kids, with these moms, it's it's something crucial because, uh, you know, you, you can't pour from an empty cup, you know. See, we, we have all the statistics in the U.S. about the effects of, single parenthood households right single parent households mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but we have no statistics in armenia because it's, it's so it's normal a, well i don't know if it's normal or it's it's a taboo it's a shame to talk about it but that's the reality of things i mean we have a high percentage of single moms in armenia because either like you mentioned earlier the fathers went to hopan which is overseas work mm-hmm. russia or wherever kazakhs anywhere mm-hmm. and some of them sent money for a few months and then they met a new wife or mm-hmm. a girl and they married off and started they, a new life. Yeah. Started a new life. And these moms are left with two, three, four, five kids to raise on their own. And we don't talk about that. We, yeah. and the government assistance, I mean, what, what assistance, you know, socialism at its finest here, here at least they almost encourage you, which I don't, I'm not, you're not a fan support. of that one or the other one. No, right? because here they're, in a sense, encouraging you to become a single mom because they'll pay yeah. you X amount of dollars per child that you have. Now, I'm not saying they should do that in Armenia, but at least to provide the bare minimum, like a, some type of who are you gonna, Who are you going to get the money living. from? Who are you going to get the money from? You're talking about a third world country. Bro, if we have enough money to invite Snoop Dogg and... Pay him six million, you can afford it. <laughs> you know that's, not, that's not sexy enough, bro. It's not I, sexy. I agree. Enough. I agree. That's the problem. I agree. See, we're a wealthy country here where, yeah, you know, we talk about tax the rigs, tax the, uh, sorry, 
tax the rich, tax the rich. The rich pay you a lot. You can't even get it out. Like. I can't even get it out, seriously. <laughs> I mean, the, the rich are taxed here, which is why, you know, the lower class here is being able to benefit off of the welfare and the, uh, you know, the government aid. So right. when they say the rich aren't taxed enough, trust me, the rich are taxed enough where, you know, majority of the country benefits from the rich being taxed, corporate America being taxed. But in Armenia, I mean, who are you going to tax? I mean, these, these, unfortunately, it's as corrupt as it comes. Any money going in, I mean, a percentage of it will go towards, yeah, government aid, but the rest of it, I'm sure Armenia Fund can handle it. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Every penny, every single penny. Every dime going into Armenia Fund is accounted for. Absolutely. So, I mean, the focal point here... Arnold with did the accounting, right? Uh, oh, gee, if I did the accounting, Armenia would be in a much better place right now. The focal point here today is Fly Center. Correct. We have some photos that we want to share with you guys as well from the foundation all the way up to, uh, you know, some of the rendering that you guys brought mm -hmm, over mm -hmm. of the center itself from the therapy room mm -hmm. to the library to everything else so yes. very quickly we're going to go through some of these photos as well the renderings as well so you guys can get an idea of what it is and then obviously uh, we'll go over some sheets as well if you guys are interested in sponsoring uh, a, an actual room itself you'll see the rendering of it what it looks like and then yeah. you could reach out to uh, Alina and her team and they'll basically guide you the rest of the way as far yes. as how to become a sponsor so the first one we're looking at, Alina, if you want to explain to us, yeah, this looks like the uh, foundation of the, the center. The foundation, yeah, yeah, the base, yeah, when when they just started, yeah, uh, and then building their way up from there. And yeah, then, I'm telling, you, this is a matter of a couple of months. You know, I haven't even seen any of this, right? Because the last really? time that I was in Armenia was right before the construction started, yeah. so. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've seen it and a bunch of other people have seen it, but I haven't, so well, I can't I, wait. When I went, it was the old building. and But but there was something, like I mentioned last time, it, the, the energy, where the, the location is, is just amazing because it's away from the main streets. Mm -hmm. And when you drive there, you pull out of your car. It's just, there's this sense of this tranquility. this Serenity? Yeah, this serenity. So I mean, glad. you just feel so... Like okay, I think I think I'm in the right place. It's a like good, inviting, it's a good energy. It's a, yeah, inviting, yeah, yeah. And then you guys had what's the dog's name? Teddy bear or Archuk? Archuk, yeah. Arch, <laughs> and then Archuk was there, greeted me at the gate. But, how, uh, how did he greet you? Well, we went in back of the building. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Were you pitching or catching? <laughs> Both. Both. <laughs> so yeah, these are other pictures for you guys to see the progress. I mean, progress has been incredible. Hats off to our team over there and the construction team that we've hired. Um, they are doing phenomenal work, working day in and day out to build the center as quickly as possible because we want to get it up and running to be able to start our programs to help our uh, impoverished kids and moms. And exactly what Armon said, we'll show you pictures of the room soon. And uh, these we have a total of 27 rooms. Nine of them have been sponsored. So the rest are still open and available for sponsorship. Great opportunity for anyone that wants to put their name or the name of uh, a loved one or in memory of someone because it's something that will stay forever and a legacy that's out to transform lives. See, I'm curious. Looking at the construction, not the rendering. I, we're looking at renderings right now, guys, of, of what it's going to look like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's 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 crazy to me. Was there any lumber used at all or was it all stone and metal? Good question. It's stone any, and metal. any lumber like wood? 
or it's all bricks and or it's, it's all brick concrete. and mortar basically yeah. right yeah. damn See, in armenia majority is brick and mortar because yeah. if you build with wood it would actually cost you more in armenia than it would with the really? brick and mortar yeah, yeah. yeah i looked into both and the wood would cost you mm -hmm. more mm -hmm. this is a rendering of what it's going to look like when it's completed mm -hmm. guys this is the front Rendering means like a like digital. Guys, yes. By yeah. the way. So it's going to be three stories around 18,000 square feet. So it's a huge project and it's going to have various classrooms from different subjects, you know, from math to music to art to crafts. Um, there's going to be a dance room um, and all kinds of programs available in the center, both for extracurriculars to give these kids the chance to explore their passions because these kids are so smart and they're so talented, but they've never had the chance to do what they love and grow that. Um, along with the, um, you know, the emotional and the mental uh, uh, aspect of it in terms of the therapy room and then all of the classrooms that are going to be training these moms and getting them certified and ready to work. I, I, I'm looking at these pictures. I want to go to this center <laughs> myself. You know, our, our, our MC Mark, our member, he's like, I want to live at this center. It looks really nice. Can I, can I at least have a corner office somewhere, <laughs> maybe on the roof? <laughs> Maybe you could sleep in okay. the therapy room. Someone so, is asking how much is the room? Yeah, could, are we okay to just disclose these right yeah, now? Yeah, of course, okay. of course. All right, guys. Very quickly, I'm going to go over some of the pricing here. One thing to mention: um, they start anywhere from 10k and up. It all has to do with the square footage of the room. So okay. it starts small and then it gradually gets bigger. Okay. So the the security room, which is 57 square feet, uh, that is ten thousand dollars. Uh, the maintenance room, that's 115 square feet. That's $10,000 as well. Uh, the crafts classroom, 164 square feet. That's $20,000. Cosmetology classroom, 170 square feet. That's $20,000. History classroom, 180 square feet, $20,000. Language classrooms. Okay, so language classrooms, math classrooms, science classrooms, they're roughly around 232 square feet. Those are $20,000. Teacher's conference room, 237 square feet, 25,000. Board office, 282, squ 282 square feet, 25,000. Principal's office. Oh, there's a principal's office. <laughs> yes. Who's the principal, Lena? <laughs> Who is the principal? Well, you look, you're looking at that pretty lady over there, along with Armina, of course, who's going to lead the uh, the entire center. Or, or and the Armina, you have... I've heard Armina mentioned a few times. I think she's the lady that's been with you guys for from the beginning. Very long time, from the beginning, right? yeah, she is our she's our fly soldier over there. She is one of a kind. Without her, we wouldn't have been able to do a majority of these projects. She's the head of our of our team over there. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah. They're but, asking that square feet or square meters. Square feet, square feet you guys. Square it's feet. square feet. Okay. Size yes. is square feet. So. Yes. Uh, it's not. I know in uh, Armenia, Armenia they use a metric meter. system. Yeah, we here. converted it. Oh, by the way, one thing as you were going through the list. So this is from last year's gala, and these that you're reading off. Three of the ones you've read off are are sponsored. I apologize. Um, this one isn't updated. So the cosmetology and the security room um, sold out. is is sold out. Yes, and then I believe there was one more. Science. Yeah. So science, science is sold security, out. and the cosmetology. I apologize. This is from last year's gallery. Okay. We forgot to update, update okay. that. We'll, and we'll, upload a, we'll upload a yeah, up, yeah. updated one for as sure. well. For, for sure. those of you asking about the lo location, it's in Shirjani Shar Aznavori Hiraparak, which there's a, when you go to Gyumri, there's a statue of Charles Aznavor there. And that's kind of uh, called the Aznavori Hiraparak. And if I remember correctly, you go 
the right of the fork mm -hmm. and drive a couple more minutes and that's where mm -hmm. it's at, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Yeah, and okay. there's gates that open up to it and you go inside and uh, and yeah, I can't okay. wait. I can't wait. Yeah, you guys, there's, there's sewing rooms, hairdressing rooms, computer classrooms, library, uh, social, worker, uh, social worker office, kitchen, art classroom, dance room, auditorium, cafeteria, and then obviously we have a rooftop as well. Yeah, and what we're planning on doing with that rooftop is actually just to create um, proceeds for the center is rent it out. So it's going to mm. be like an entire upstairs oh, area, nice. like a venue that people can rent out to generate um, income for the for you the can, center. You can do your twenty uh, fifth birthday there. There you go. How about your bar mitzvah? That's for you, asshole. If I can buy you a dress, you can do your bar mitzvah. My, my passport says okay, love your, you, love you your, should be okay, fine. Your quinceanera. <laughs> we'll do your quinceanera oh there. <laughs> we won't get into the details of that so if anyone is interested i remember last time that i was on wise nuts we literally sold three of these rooms on on yeah. their show last time and i want to thank you guys so much for giving us that opportunity to do that because without your show that wasn't going to happen um thank you john john was one of those john, yes, was john, was john i think i think you're Considering the second room, oh if I'm not God. mistaken, are you? <laughs> he's gonna kill you. Does he have? <laughs> he's John, already, what he's already telling me if there was a ten thousand dollar room, why didn't you tell me? Oh my God, he's the one that reached out for the nurses' room. I think he wanted the nurses' room. That's hey, the one he got. John's always been into nurses, bro. It's oh my God. So, oh so guys, for those of you that are watching now, please like and share this episode with all your friends, um, because don't keep it to yourself. As you can see. This is a beautiful cause for our people, for our motherland. Um, and you'd be doing yourself justice and favor by sharing this episode right now. If not right now, text it to them later on, even tomorrow, the following days. They can go back and watch it and learn about Fly. But what I've also done is I've pinned the uh, Zephy link. And what that is, is basically for those of you that want to attend the gala, which is November 12th, at 5 p.m. at Palladio in Glendale. You can buy tickets, individual tickets, which are $200 per person. Mm -hmm. And those tickets, again, all go towards the Fly Center. And it's a good way to meet the Wise Nuts? Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, the Fly family, Wise Nuts, uh, and, and the community of uh, Armenian patriots is, is, is who you're going to meet at, at the gala. But... For those of you that want to go above and beyond, there's other sponsorships available yeah, as well. I'm right? going to mention that as well. So, again, look, we if for those of you that can't do the ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars, um, you can buy tickets and obviously attend the gala. Even if you can't do that, you can still donate to fly. Every dollar counts, guys. Even if you go if you go to our Instagram and click on the donation, we are actually collecting fifteen hundred dollars for today's show. It's not over. We still have, yeah. you know, Thank you time so to much. collect for that. But Fly also has a sponsorship for the gala. So $2,000 sponsorship. Your business logo will be in the backdrop uh, on an LED screen at the gala. Mm -hmm. uh, two complimentary tickets valued at $400. Uh, special acknowledgement on social media and then special acknowledgement at the gala as well. Right. Yeah. Um, so that is available as well. If you're interested, www.fly.care or reach out to their Instagram. Uh, Alina or one of their team members will respond to 
your messages there as well. Yes. Great opportunity for business owners, especially because it's, it's a great chance to get exposure and just to make something clear. So your logo is shown on a big step and repeat banner that people take pictures in front of, and also a huge led screen that we're showing logos throughout the night. So both of those areas. And of course you get the tickets to come. Be and with it's us a tax write-off. Tax write-off too. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. The $200, so it's a win-win. The $200 tickets are a tax write-off. The 2000 donation is a tax write-off sponsorship. And so are the rooms. Guys, they're a 501c, so you're going you're gonna to get a receipt to put in your taxes. It's a, it's a full tax write-off. So. Yeah, and just to give people um, an idea about what the gala is, if you've never been with us, this year is our 11th annual one. And typically, it's a formal dinner reception, so you'll come, you'll eat yummy food, and uh, you'll have some yummy drinks too, and uh, you'll have the chance to... Um, Watch the video and cry a little bit. Yeah, dad. Yeah, my dad is reminding me to tell everyone it's all included. Yes, booze and food is all included. Um, you hear and- that, John? Booze. <laughs> all you can drink. John is like, yes. John, bring, bring um, your coffee mug and... Oh, my God. <laughs> I, feel, I, I, I feel like we're going to see him at the bar the whole night. Wait, we got to make sure John understood booze. John, booze. <laughs> How do you spell B O O Z? Two O's. Oh my God. John, two O's. Two O's. Yeah, not one. You guys not are one so o. bad. Yeah. That's the following Saturday. Oh yes, my sir. God. That's at karaoke. <laughs> so you'll have the chance to uh, to witness uh, the work that Fly has done this past year and the past 11 years. And, uh, you know, hear some great speeches, watch a wonderful tearjerker video, be inspired. And then uh, we're going to have an amazing silent auction as well that you'll have the chance to win some amazing things. And then we're going to dance and have fun. We're going to have singers and DJs. And um, and we do have entertainment. Yeah. So currently we we have a DJ on board. We we have the DJ confirmed, DJ Switch. And then we have two singers, Tigran Sadrian and Vache Amarian. Wow. All donations, of course. All yeah, donations. they're all they're donating, donating their time their and time, services. Yes. So thank you to them. And we cannot wait to hear their wonderful voices and and have a great time. And, you know, I know that the the time that we're in right now is is difficult for all of us. And we don't really want to think about um, celebrating. But that day is a special day because although everything that we're going through and our homeland's going through, I do want us to celebrate. I do want us to to be proud of how far we've come. And although, we, you know, our heart is bleeding for our country I only want us to to look forward and, and and focus on the future and what it is that we can do now, what it is that we have in our power to do. And that is to make sure that these kids and these moms get educated and to make sure that this cycle finds its end at some point, you know, that we can do everything else. We leave up to God and, you know, not everything is in our control, but I don't want us because I've been seeing, you know, a lot of this victimhood type of mentality going around and it's sad. And look, you know, I, I got to admit this time around compared to 2020, I, I've been really trying not not to sink as deeply as I did because I think all of us got sick in 2020 when, when we saw everything that we did. And one important thing that I want to mention, um, you guys, to everyone that doesn't know, um, so Fly's mission is not involved with any war effort or anything like that. But back then in 2020, we obviously couldn't stay silent and, and couldn't yeah. not do anything. So we allocated like over like 200 something thousand dollars and we helped over like 850 Artsakh uh, displaced families from Artsakh wow. and soldiers that have been disabled and the families of martyred soldiers so we literally put everything aside for months you know during that war and we focused on that completely so we're grateful at least that we had the opportunity to make an impact and 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 help as much as we can this time around you know as much as we wanted to get involved because every penny is being allocated to this center that's why we we couldn't you know 
do the same projects as we did, but at least I'm proud to say that we, we made a huge impact back then. And now I think I'm so proud and I'm so happy of all the organizations that I've been hearing that have been coming together that have been focused on the humanitarian part. Hats off to you and, you know, more power to them. We've been focusing every penny on this center because like, like today before yesterday, we, we got to get it up and going and uh, to continue the efforts that we've been doing on a larger scale for these thousands of families that are, that are left behind. So. Levick was asking um, why you guys don't bid, build housing instead. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you my perspective and then Alina. Can, sure, sure. If you build housing, you provide them housing. The problem is if you give it to them for free, it doesn't, again, you're just giving away money in a sense. Mm-hmm. And they can't afford to rent it. So, again, they're back to living in, in their uh, metal containers. Now, by prov- providing them a skill, teaching them how to get a job or even job placement for them, you're able to give them the income that now they can go rent anywhere they want and create a whole new life for themselves. Or even you mentioned bringing them to the U.S. That's, you know, I don't think you guys are an immigration organization to begin with. <laughs> no. And nor is that the solution because... Who do you bring to the U.S.? Is that the, who do you who, leave behind? Yeah. Who do you bring? We right? already well, have an immigration of issue. All, of all, Levy, sorry, man. Of all the people to say that, how long have we been freaking saying this on the show outside of Armenia about the homeless crisis in L.A.? Yeah. It's not a housing issue because if it was a housing issue, it would be resolved like this. Plenty of hotels out there that you know these homeless people are actually provided by city. But they end up right back on the street because of lack of uh, work, lack of motivation, drug use, all that stuff. Now, again, I'm not saying Armenia, it's, it's infested with drugs and stuff, but there is a lack of motivation. There's a lack of financing. There's a lack of work. There's a lot of factors in there. So it's not a housing issue. It's not a housing issue at all. Yeah. This center is going to help these people get back on their feet as far as providing them work providing them confidence as far as the showering the the you know the the warm beds the classrooms the libraries all that stuff the therapy it's it's bigger than just housing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's what freaking la needs to be doing right now i mean levick's comment about them coming over oh, this oh, is oh, my levick's capitalized it. no he's upset at you again <laughs> so levick here's my my issue with what you're saying buddy so as it is what we're facing in Armenia today, that's exactly what you're saying is what the enemy wants. So for me, every Armenian living inside of Armenia is another treasure for us. Yeah. So don't, every time someone, I mean, it's hard to say that sitting comfortably in Los Angeles. I get it. A lot of people do blame me. Oh, he talks big, but... I never want to hear one more Armenian leaving Armenia. That's one that, That's I'm the whole against. point of providing them the resources they need to not even think about. Mm-hmm. Because, look, you can have a percentage of those families that had the money or have the money. They've already moved out. They don't live there. Anybody who has enough money to get out has probably gotten out. So to provide them the resources for them to stay there and contribute to the country to the city, wherever, the province, wherever they live, is, is the idea. It's not about giving them a way out. Yeah, it's a way out of poverty, not a way out of the country. That's mm-hmm. not that's mm-hmm. not the solution. Mm-hmm. And let me add to that as well. Um, you know, I have to admit, whenever I came across 
a metal container and I saw what hell on earth it was, you guys, I literally wanted to come back here and sell everything I had and move all these families out. Like that's like yeah, your first instinct right. is like you want to get them out, right? But when you delve deeper into this work and you realize that that's not the answer, that's that's like like you're bandaging something, but you're not really healing it from its roots, mm -hmm. you know, where it's a temporary fix. But then again, if someone doesn't find that inner strength to stand up and work and get educated and build a bright future, they're just going to go back to, to, to square one. You know what I mean? Yeah. So here it's, it's more about teaching them this sense of dignity, especially these women, you guys, I have to, I have to mention the, there is another bigger challenge that we faced as well, that we've worked a lot on throughout the years is you're literally changing an entire mentality that exists in Armenia, which is dependence on government, right? It's like, where it's like, you know, my parents come from Syria and Lebanon, Beirut and Halib, and they've been through the worst wars and the worst, you know, uh, situations. But you know, like everyone depended on themselves and everyone, you know, got their, for lack of a better term, their, their things together and, and, and they had to do what they had to do. You know, so I feel like, you know, we're, we're not a political organization. We don't talk about the government. We don't talk about any to each their own. But, you know, the aid that they're providing to each one of these families, to me, it's a blessing and it's a curse at the same time. Because you think about it, at least they're giving whatever they're giving or else how are these families going to live? But it's become a dependence, right? Yeah. There's some families, and these are the category of families that we don't work with for obvious reasons, where they calculate, I'm getting this much from the government. Okay, so why would I go work like 10 hours a day to make X amount if I'm already getting it sitting at home? So that really breaks my heart that what are you teaching your kids, right? Yeah. Or like you'll hear mom saying, uh, how can you put that pressure on your child at five, six years old that he's going to grow up and take care of you? So it's like we step in and we literally it's like a slap on the face to change their entire mentality that, hey, there's no greater dignity and body than to put your own bread on your own table. You work for that because you're able bodied. Don't give me excuses that uh, all of us go through our things. So it's like if we enter a house when you were asking about vetting, and we we get a scent, a whiff of laziness, like God help that family. Like we really, really give it to them in what sense? Like there's no excuse. There's absolutely no excuse if you're willing and able-bodied to work. You go knock on doors, you beat them down until you find a job, you know? And I get it. Opportunities are not as great maybe there as as it is here. That's why the the, the focus is on this center. But for someone like Karen Al I believe in that. And I've seen that. I've seen that with my own eyes. Thank you. Um, I've seen these moms, you guys. Man, these these mothers, like I, I really have to give them credit. Like single mothers on their own, abandoned by the husbands, three kids you didn't said working three jobs. Like you see that, you're like, man, like the the women that we have in our culture, like hats off to them really, you know, and, Absolutely. uh, you know, I, I, I've seen, I mean, I've hardly seen the dads. They're all, they're all absent, you know, but like seeing these women and in the face of all their circumstances to find that strength in them to do that, it's really inspiring. And it kind of makes you question what problems you have actually. Um, that's what you said you were mentioning. It's easy to, to, to say whatever we want in the comfort of our own homes. I mean, th that's the reason it's so important to be able to empathize with others and actually put yourself in their shoes. That's why my mom and I go in the summer in the heat, go in the winter and the cold because until you feel that on your own skin it's useless. you won't know what it's like yeah. you really won't you know Vic had a very interesting question as yes. well he yeah, said like uh, he basically asked are the people still living in mail containers while receiving aid yes 
Okay. Yes, yes. They're in the metal containers and, receiving aid. And I'll kind of tell you why, because Hector touched on, he says, I've tried doing this in Mexico and realized it's a failure because you're trying to help people in failed states unless they fight for themselves, our attempts will fail. That's exactly why they're not providing temporary or permanent housing because it that will fail because you're promoting laziness. Whereas in this case, um, let's say if they're living in a metal container, right? They go through the center. For instance, in three months, they, they learn. Become it. a hairdresser in six yeah. months and. That's it. Now you get a make job. Make your own food. Immediately move out. And that's move, how a lot of families out. have moved out, by the way. Yeah. And now it's at your discretion. So it, you, you have full control over your future now because go get the job, go find an apartment for yourself and move out as soon as you, it's mm-hmm. viable mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you provide anything even temporary, again, you're just kind of putting them in that cycle again of okay i'm comfortable now they become complacent complacent exactly Mm -hmm. one important thing to mention you guys for you guys to get an idea of how the job training process works so the first step is the seminar right we gather all these women we put them in a room we have a uh, a therapist psychologist lead the seminar first Part of it is therapy work, right? Getting all their trauma out, the domestic violence, the abuse, the abandonment, all that out. And then we start from a clean slate and we ask every woman what it is that they want to do. What are they passionate about? What are, and then what you are, give them the options of what they could get into? Yes, yes. And we, we first find out what they're interested in because we want them to do what they love. It's You know what's weird? Some of them might know how to sew and might mm-hmm. have that talent mm-hmm. and they just didn't know they could make money out of it. Yeah, and actually crazy that you brought that idea, uh, that, uh, that subject up. We've done that with many families families where we found out that they know how to sew. So we'll buy them all the tools they need. Like we did that recently in our last mission that this was one of the few families that there was a father present, uh, disabled, that has one leg and lives in severe poverty. Um, and of course, losing his leg got in his way of finding a job. And we found out that him and his wife like to sew but they don't have the tools and can't afford it. So apart from everything that we provided for them, we provided a sewing machine, bunch of fabrics, all the tools they needed. Until today, they're sewing a bunch of things like bags for markets, bed sheets, and they're making income now. So this is what it's about. Exactly what you said, teaching them how to fish because it's just a whole other level of fulfillment to know that you've taught someone a skill that they can carry with them for the rest of their lives, you know? And, uh, And other than just, temporary aid that you know will absolutely, go and come absolutely and look we we live in a state where you know i mean we see everybody on instagram facebook posting sushis and steak dinners and you know, scotch and wine and which is all fantastic more power to you but if you think about it right an average dinner of four adults to a Decent restaurant. Not talking about a Michelin star. Nowadays, Ooh. you know, you're you're gonna spend five hundred dollars at least. You know, some couple appetizers, main dish, whatever, and a few cocktails. That's five hundred dollars easy. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of us do that frequently, which again, as we should. But when you think about even that one night's dinner tab. The change, the difference it can make in a family's life, it's 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 unimaginable, you know, because for us that five hundred dollars is not a lot of money. A thousand dollars is not a lot of money. But to them it could change one family's life for the for forever. And imagine now once they're out of that vicious cycle. And then what you guys I think also do is you in a sense get their word that 
they're going to give back once they're back mm-hmm. on their feet. It's 100%. not just about them. It's about pay it forward, pay it forward. right? Yeah. They have the to kids. pay it forward. Mm-hmm. The kids have to pay it forward. Mm-hmm. And we have to do the same thing for our kids. I mean, going back to the room sponsorships, right? I could tell you from my own experience why that was important for my brother and I to, to sponsor that room because it's not about having my parents' name on the room. Um, it's it's about we both have kids and I want my kids to grow up knowing that doesn't matter how much money you make, how successful you are, you always have to give back. You make fifty thousand a year, donate five hundred a year, a thousand bucks a year. You make two hundred thousand a year, donate five thousand a year. You make half a million a year. Donate thirty, forty thousand a year if you can. I mean, don't you know? Because I hear so many people say, you know, once I make X amount, then I'll start donating. No, you won't, because ten percent of fifty thousand is five thousand. Ten percent of half a million is fifty thousand. If you can't write a five thousand dollar check or five hundred dollar check, you're not going to write a fifty thousand dollar check. I promise you that. You will to Uncle Sam. <laughs> yeah, because he takes it whether you they levy your whether account. you like it or not, my but. But the importance of, again, that name is because one day I want to take my kids to Gyumri. Well, they've been to Gyumri actually, Mm -hmm. but last year. But when they're a little bit older and they understand, for me to show them the center and say, look, this has your grandparents' name on it. And this is what I expect of you is eventually for you to do something to give back. And to me, that's... It, it's it, that's so important about about the upbringing of our children and our future generation. The most important is for them to know that part of whatever you make in life, whether you donate your time, money, resources, you have to do that. I, I believe in the circle of life, the karma, whatever you want to call it. Um, it, it it's it exists, and you have to start them at a young age. And it's not about again the name. On the building, it's, it has nothing to do. Kirk Kikorian donated over a billion dollars. None of it under his name. Because he didn't want his name anywhere. Mm-hmm. And he would have been upset if he knew right now there was his statue in Gyumri, honestly. <laughs> he probably would be. He, would have, he would have been super upset about that because he never wanted recognition for mm-hmm. that. And the only reason I talk about what I, I've done is not to, you know, give myself credit for anything. It's about... It inspires other people. It's about sharing what my mindset is, how I come to those decisions and why I do it. And hopefully if it inspires one, two, five Mm -hmm. other families or fathers out there, then then wonderful. If not, I mean, some people may listen to this and say, oh yeah, he just wants to talk about himself. No, not at all. If I wanted to do it for myself, I'd have my name on a lot of different... Of course. You know. He talks about himself to us all the time. <laughs> it's it's about leading by example, you know. That, that's, and that's 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 what it is. And I can't I can't, you know, acknowledge you enough, you know, to you, to your brother, to you guys, to everyone that leads that example for their kids. I think for me that's the most important thing because it's so important, especially for our youth, for our next generation, to be aware of what's going on in our homeland, 
see how other kids live and really important to see that everything that they have i mean when you compare the life of an of an average child here to armenia it's like you know and, and it's so important for them to be present to that because gratitude will have a whole new sense in their life giving back knowing that you know life isn't just about us 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 i mean where where is the fulfillment in that okay nora and i always say work hard you know, live your best life, enjoy, just don't forget to help other people. I think that's yeah. the most important thing because just like you mentioned in the beginning, Armand, we don't choose where we're born. We don't choose the circumstances we're born into, the families that we're born into. We don't. We're just dealt the, the cards that we are in life and we have to handle it and deal with it. Definitely. And Some of us are extremely lucky mm-hmm. and not everybody has them. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. all need to understand that. Not everyone has the luck you have. And if you're sitting and watching this and you're still complaining about where you are, you don't know what you're talking about. You need to go see it firsthand. Have a then, sit down outside of the show with us. Yeah, you complain. should come sit down and complain in front <laughs> Ed of will. us. Ed will. And I'll, give you, I'll give you a piece of my mind for sure. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, too, I mean, even if you just think about the concept of what led to all this poverty in the first place, that earthquake, right? A few seconds, like a few seconds, 25,000 people gone, half a million homeless, all, all like in a matter of a few seconds, God forbid, that can happen to anyone at any time. You know, that's that was the catastrophe that led to all of this. And, you know, it's it's so disheartening to to even think that before that earthquake happened, Yumri was such a well-off city. It had, you know, such educated people, such well-off people. The biggest factories were there. And it's like... It was the capital of Armenia at one point. A few seconds and just wiped it all clean, you know? And this is is why wrong time, wrong place. You never know what happens to anyone anywhere. That's why it's so important to be grateful. So important to count your blessings and so important to help others that aren't in the same uh, shoes as you, you know? Because... uh, at the end of the day, I mean, I feel like every person has their purpose and every person has their gift. Like Armon said to some, it's to give their time, to give their energy, to give their money, to give whatever it is you have to give, give it wholeheartedly and generously because there's no feeling greater than that. To know that your existence is making the difference in the life yeah. of another and is, is it the reason that someone is smiling and has hope. Because another thing that, just like the baiting story that resonated with you, another thing that I always think about is if I were in that situation with my family in Gyumri or wherever, any any part of Armenia, and I can't make ends meet, I can't provide for my kids, my family, I can't do any of these things for whatever reason, what would my prayers be? What would my, I don't want to say expectations because it's the wrong word, but what would I want people from the diaspora to help me with? You know, I think about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And especially now with what's happening in Armenia, in Artsakh, you know, it's like, what are these people, what mental state are they in? And what, are, what, what do they want from us as far as, or what do they need from us? Mm-hmm. And when you think about that, it's, it just, it, it makes you, somewhat emotional to 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 know that we have like you said we're lucky enough to live in this beautiful country we're privileged i hate that word privilege but we are we are privileged and to know that there's families looking at us and thinking man if i only had contact with that one guy if he can only send me 100 bucks or help me with this one little thing it will change my life and we have that opportunity to do that to change people's lives for an a minimal amount. It's not, nobody's asking you to write a million dollar check. 
for a minimal amount, the change you will make in these people's lives and for the rest of their lives, they will pray for you and your family's well-being. Mm -hmm. To me, that's worth the much blessings. more than money. The I, blessings I, yeah. that come from that are, are priceless, really. really. It, rem it reminds me of that, what you just said. It reminds me of that meme where it was a guy driving a sports car. And then next time it was a guy driving just a regular car. And he said, God damn, I wish I had that sports car. And then next to the guy driving just a regular yeah. car was a guy on a bike. And he was mm -hmm. like, oh, God damn, I wish I had a car. Mm -hmm. And then up in the building, there was a guy in a wheelchair saying, ah, oh, damn, I wish I could ride a bike. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it, it kind of like, it, exactly. it resonates with that story and that meme. That can go further too. Mm -hmm. Oh, it can go oh, much, yeah. much, much, much further. No, it can definitely. go much further. I mean, uh, you Ed mentions it all the time, you know, when you wake up in the morning and your feet hit the ground, you just won the lottery. You bro. just won the lottery. <laughs> yeah. Every morning. It's as simple as that. that. So regardless of the life that you're living, there is always somebody else living a much, much, much harder life. So, you know, the people around you, thank them for being around you. The whole job that you have, thank your boss, even though if your boss is a complete douche, Thank your boss for even hiring you and having a job. And I mean, because look, again, like I said, there are people living a much, 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 much worse life, whether it's through health, whether it's through financial, whether it's through psychological, it's, it's, there's always something worse. You know, um, to top off what you said, Armand, I've had many moments like that where I'll be sitting and I'll be interviewing the families with our team. And just for a second, I'll zone out and I'll stop hearing what everyone's saying. And I'll just imagine that the roles are reversed. Mm -hmm. Like I'm sitting behind that camera and those people are interviewing me and how that, like how I would feel at that moment, you know? Yeah. And this is why I always say it's so crucial to empathize with the pain of another, because until you do, you, you won't really understand what it is they're going through. And, you know, I've, I've been, um, privileged, blessed, fortunate enough to have this experience, you know, since I was 18 years old and, it just gives you a whole new sense of meaning in your life, a whole new sense of gratitude and a whole new sense of, you just look at life in a completely different way. That's the reason today, whoever, whoever follows our page, uh, we were at, at AGBU in the Valley and um, one of the students there whose uh, dads, whose families has supported Fly, um, thought to come up with the idea of starting a Fly Youth Division there. And because it was club opening day and he decided to open a, a Fly Youth chapter, which we, back in the day when we used to be youth, we used to, we used to have one, then we grew up and we joined the board. But um, so uh, we officially started a youth team again, which I'm so excited to announce. And just seeing the students, we literally had a, a, a flood of students in front of the table saying, oh, what's this club about? And I said, oh, it's a, it's a club to help impoverished families and kids in Armenia. And they hear, I mean, you're like, okay, I'm signing up. And it's like we had like two full lists and we ran out of paper and all these students signed up. And it was so like heartwarming to me to see. And so it's not a club. It's the uh, fly school. Fly youth division. Fly <laughs> youth school. school. <laughs> um, and, you know, anyone that's interested, of course, anyone that's watching, anyone that's parents that has kids, you know, our team, uh, volunteer work, every every one of our doors is always open for anyone that wants to come join our team, be a volunteer. All ages are welcome. And uh, it's really a blessing to be able to get the youth involved at such a young age because to have them grow up with that upbringing, it's, it, it makes a big difference. So anyone that's interested, whether an adult or, you know, any uh, kids going through school, uh, volunteer opportunities are always, always open and team members are always welcome. Beautiful. Yeah. Should we... Show. play the rest yeah i think because the, the rest of it yeah. is going to talk about the center so are we oh we're doing the rest of the video yeah well there yeah. you go so for those of you that stuck around you get to watch the entire thing <laughs> <laughs>
sneak peek. Ուսման And the Fly Center is exactly that opportunity to change these lives, to make a profound difference, to have that direct impact on that child, on his future, forever. Եվ լույսը մեր երեխաներուն, եվ դարիներ վերջ, բիդի հիշենք այս մեր կեղեցիկ ռած գործերը, մեր ծանած հունդերը, ինչ կեղեցիկ արդյունք տվին 
եւ պիտի հբարդանանք մենք իրենց մով today a great idea about the type of uh, work that the fly charity does the past 11 years um and there is the longer documentary um you know uh, from start to finish it's about 45 minutes it is on our youtube page you're welcome to watch it if you want to see things in more detail we'll pin that uh thank you so much i highly encourage everyone to join us on november 12th you guys it's a night like no other it's uh one of the most memorable nights that you'll ever be a part of uh it will be emotional it'll be inspiring and it will also be a great chance for you to come and witness hands on what fly does and for you to take part in in fly's mission as well and make a direct and a profound impact on our kids and our moms in Armenia anyone that's interested to um any business owners that are interested to be a sponsor at the gala just a reminder as a 2k sponsorship you get your logo on the backdrop and the big led screen two free tickets and acknowledgement before and during the gala great opportunity for exposure for your business and to make a difference at the same time in addition anyone that is interested to sponsor a room at the center we do have around 18 rooms still available each with its own prices please feel free to reach out great opportunity for you to leave your legacy in this landmark that's going to make huge differences for generations to come tax deductible yes that too of course um do you guys all know that know how that tax deductible works or <laughs> do you want me to break it down or <laughs> why, why don't you tell our followers how that works sure really we're going to have an accounting course right now <laughs> it's important to why know not, man why it's not? good to know so let's say you make 100,000 a year i'm taking round numbers okay now at 100,000 you probably at a 30% tax bracket which means you're going to pay 30,000 in taxes that's federal and state taxes now if you donated say let's say round number $10,000 to fly um now the IRS will only charge you taxes for 90,000 because you get to deduct that $10,000 off of your total income so 30 now 30% of 90,000 is 27,000 versus 30,000 so technically that $10,000 essentially only cost you 7,000 Uh, if you're at a 50% tax bracket that 10,000 only cost you $5,000 out of pocket. Yep. Again, these are rough numbers ladies and well, gentlemen. I'm sure I'm sure you'll job. be writing off a lot more but you know <laughs> knowing that important. it's not going to Uncle Sam and to all those people that are reaping the benefits of our tax money, it's going to a good cause. Yeah, support um, Armenia. I mean, whatever tax you pay is going to go to Ukraine anyways. Might as well oh go God. to Europe. Yeah, I got to find out how much we owe Zelensky this month. So. I, I, think, <laughs> uh, I, I just gave them 8,200 a couple oh of days God. ago. I think the most important thing, you guys, is, you know, from here we only have to move 
forward and think forward and think about the future of our people in Armenia. And unless we do something about it, the poverty cycle is only going to continue and it's only going to get worse, which is the last thing that we want. So I think other than, of course, you know, um, taking care of their humanitarian needs, we really have to come together and focus on their future, focus on being that helping hand to help them stand up and overcome their challenges and get them educated and give them all the tools and resources they need to make sure that they'll fulfill their passions and their aspirations and they have bright futures and they have that chance, you know, because life unfortunately took that chance away from them. What happened last week with this catastrophe in Artsakh took that chance away from them and we want to make sure that we can do everything in our power to give that opportunity back to them. Ladies and gentlemen, tunnel vision. That's what it's all about. Tunnel vision. We move forward. Mm-hmm. We don't look back. We just move forward. The Fly Gala will be on November 12th of this year, 5 p.m. at Palladio, 1018 East Colorado Street in the city of Glendale. Donations start at $200 and they work their way up. Again, businesses, if you're interested in it, $2,000 for the businesses, you will be mentioned uh, as well at the gala. You will be recognized on social media. It's a great way, as Alina mentioned, uh, to get exposure. If you guys are interested in tickets, reach out to Fly on Instagram. They will get you uh, uh, more information on how to become a sponsor or what was it? Zephy? Zephy link. Yeah. Zephy, I've, I've pinned that the link. The Zephy link yeah. that Armour has pinned as yeah. well yes. for, the, for the link. Caroline, did we miss something? <laughs> One thing that I want to remind everyone, whoever is on social media, Fly, and, uh, excuse me, on Instagram and on Facebook, follow Fly on Instagram. It's freedom.loving.youth. And then on Facebook, it's freedomlovingyouth-fly. Great opportunity for you to follow the great work that Fly does and know uh, more of the cause in depth. So definitely recommend that to everyone. Uh, our website is fly.care. And uh, contact information, if you guys go on our website, you guys will see it. You guys are welcome to call us, email us. We'd be happy to answer any they questions you have. They respond to DMs, guys. They we respond do. to DMs. Yes. It's not a robot. Yes. It's not no, AI respond. technology. It's actual human beings. So re- you can reach out to them there as well. Um, Ninette was asking, when do you anticipate the opening of the center? So we are anticipating by this coming summer, around August, for everything to 20, be 2024 2024 summer. summer yeah yeah god willing which is going to be really exciting i hope and pray that all the room donors along with everyone else can be present um because that'll be a really special moment to share together to cut the ribbon and open the doors and and start our work you know so Beautiful. but the great thing is you guys to keep in mind i mean after we get the center built there's going to be plenty of sponsorship opportunities and plenty of you know uh, donations that will be needed because of course after the building is built we're going to need furniture and then we're going to need sponsors to sponsor programs there so those opportunities are endless yeah. you know so that that door will always be open um and uh, the center is constantly going to need that because it's all going to be of course free for whoever is going to use it but yeah. the great part that i forgot to mention by the way um the uh, win-win of the center is that we are going to have to hire people to work here, right? right. So it's like the center is going to be creating jobs for the exactly. community as well, which is will be wonderful too. So uh, wonderful things coming. I am so excited. God is great. And I thank all of you for listening. I thank you guys for giving me another opportunity to share about Fly and what and what the organization does. Um, anyone, again, that wants to reach out, interested in anything or have any questions, please reach out. We hope to see you at our gala uh, you know, one of the most memorable nights that we'll share together and uh, continue making great differences for our people and do everything in our power to help make a difference because at the end of the day, if not us, then who, right? Exactly. Yeah. One more thing for reservations, you can also call 818-441-4678. Yes. Again, it's at Palladio, November 12th, 5 p.m., 1018 East Colorado Street in the city of Glendale. Donations start at $200. And uh, Hector, to answer your question, 100% of the 
donations go to the victims' members. Even when Alina and Caroline, they fly to Armenia twice a year, all of those expenses come out of their personal, their, their own pockets. None of the uh, funds from Fly are used for them to go to Armenia or to, to, to any of the events that take place here as far as the meetings. And none of that is, none mm-hmm. of the funds from the Fly organization itself is utilized for, for expenses of that uh, caliber. So as far as donations go, 100%, not 90, not 95, 100% of the donations go directly to, we don't call them victims, we call them members. Mm-hmm. Beneficiaries. Uh, yeah, beneficiaries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope that answers your question. And also one important thing to mention is we don't have staff, so everyone's a volunteer. And the reason that we've kept it that way, you know, we started Fly Grassroots and we want to keep it that way. Yeah. You know, some people have asked, do you want, you know, Fly to be like grand scale, you know, worldwide? I don't think so. Because I feel like you you will lose the essence of what it is to be grassroots yeah. and keep everything centered and, and, you know, under your control. And, you know, when my mom and I started this, we wanted to make sure that there's no middleman. It's us doing everything with our team and we want to keep it that way because I just feel like it just is more special. Not, yeah. not to put anyone else down or any other organization, but this is what works best for us. And, you know, so grateful for our teams in Armenia, Lebanon, Syria, and LA. Everyone's a volunteer. Everyone works from the heart. And they're all people that have the heart that want to make a difference. And uh, it's a special group of people that find it in their heart to do that. And, but one important thing to mention, uh, one of the people that we were privileged to meet from Wise Nuts, uh, Shahe, I, I think he's watching, he's who lives in Arizona. So one important thing that meeting Shahe opened up for us is that we definitely want to expand to other states for sure. I mean, it's not, Fly isn't just for international countries or just for California. We want to have different ambassadors in different states and different teams because there are a bunch of Armenians that live in different states as well. And we would love to reach out to them and get them involved and Beautiful. definitely do that too. You know, why is not just trying to go out of state too? So we'll see. And do you think people watch us out of Glendale? <laughs> I thought only people in Glendale watch us. Glendale and Majid. One important thing. Burbank is not just Armenians, of course. I mean, we've had plenty of people reach out and be part of galas and donate that that aren't even Armenian, actually. And uh, that's one important thing to remember is just like how there's so many causes for Africa and for all these countries that have bared disasters, we're all human at the end of the day. Yeah. doesn't matter what faith you are, what background you are, what national, we're all humans in this together and we got to do whatever we can to help each other. So everyone is welcome. Definitely. Like Definitely. the Swedish people, you guys never had problems. Send your money, bro. <laughs> <laughs> thank you again to the Samvillian family Alnajan amazing job thank, thank you so you. much thank for taking God time bless to your uh, family absolutely thank yeah, you God you bless are, you guys you guys are doing amazing work and uh, every every October they're, they're joined us when I went back to make the previous flyer you were actually on October 3rd with us no way. so all I literally did was just My change God, it really? to a two oh, I love it so uh, I, I think I think the Samoans are gonna come say hello yes there we go this is the family Guys, that makes the, the magic family, family. That's the mom, not the sister. And that's, that's the dad, the dad not, not the, the brother. <laughs> <laughs> or the fiance. Oh, fiance. We forgot. We should say hello to the fiance. Yes. I, I, I Which will oh, be joining George. the team as well. Wise nuts. We'll, we'll see you fiance. at the gala, George. Yes, right? Yes, yes. George going to be there? George's going to be there. See, if you join us at the gala, you get to meet George. (laughs) Yes. Uh, You guys are, you guys are doing, you guys are doing an amazing job. Thank you so much for helping uh, 
you know, the displaced families and the families that are going through the struggles that they're going through in Armenia. Uh, it's, six, it's been six years, right? You've been doing this? How many yeah. years? Well, 11, 11, the beginning of flight, 11, but since uh, Armenia, 2016, yeah, 2000, so seven. So you guys are doing an amazing job. Thank you so much for everything that you guys are doing. Thank, thank you. Thank you so and thank you to all the donors as well, viewers. Um, I'm sure... We're going to hear you guys will get some messages. We'll get some. Messages. Guys, if you yeah. can't reach them, you reach us. We'll yeah, connect you to sure, them as well. It's, sure. it's not rocket science. It's the internet. It's yes. at the tip of your fingers. We thank yes. you because without your donations, no matter how big or small, even small drops in the cup, 5, 10, 20, all the way up to like exactly. the 20K donation, all those drops are needed to fill that cup. And I want to thank every single one of you from the start of Fly's mission 11 years ago to now, everyone that has believed in our cause, everyone that has contributed, whether it's with their time, with their encouragement, with their donations, without you, we would not have made it this far, really. And to be honest, when we started Fly 11, Fly 11 years ago, I never thought this is what we were going to get to. I never thought a center was what was headed for us. I mean, we never even thought this was going to be a 501c3. This is something that my family and I just like best we wanted yeah. to do and that's it. And then lo and behold, it becomes a charity and it becomes involved in three countries and a center just is born. And it's like, it, it's mind boggling really when you find your life's purpose, you really don't know what's ahead of you. You really don't know the opportunities that God will give you um, all for a greater purpose, not not for you and your life, but the life of others. And I think that's that's the most important and meaningful thing of all. That way, you know, one day when we all leave this earth as we all are, you know, the most important thing is is what we leave behind because we're not taking anything, right? Absolutely. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, guys, today's episode will be up and running on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all major podcasts tomorrow. Uh, thanks for tuning in with us. Again, if you guys need to reach Fly, reach out to us, reach out to them. And... Uh, Let's see. We'll see you guys at the gala. See you at the gala. See you at the gala, Thank November 12th. So Thank you guys much. so much. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.